0: So, elation means someone who is filled with the spirit of joy, pride, and optimism. So, it's like a gateway to happiness. It's like a gateway to opportunities, which really wasn't there for most blind people here in Zimbabwe. And so, this door takes them to the world of, I mean, unlimited explorations and experiments. Stick your neck out. The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation.
1: Welcome to the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. My guest today is Robert Malunda. He was born in Makokoba, Bulawayo in southwest Zimbabwe at age three. He was affected by glaucoma and became totally blind. In 2015, Robert joined the Kantari course. Upon return to Zimbabwe, he started Gateway to Elation. Robert trains other blind people in the use of computers, as well as daily living, orientation and social interaction skills, so that they are able to become independent and are able to integrate themselves in society. Welcome, Robert, to our podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much. Greetings, everyone. Greetings to you. Robert, tomorrow, June 16th, is the Day of the African Child. It was first established by the Organization of the African Unity in 1991. The day aims at raising awareness for the situation of children in Africa and on the need for continuing improvement in education. Working in the field of disability, with a particular focus on blind youth, you said once it has come to your knowledge that aspirations of blind youth die at stillbirth. What is the situation that people with disabilities in Zimbabwe have?
0: Well, thank you so much for this wonderful question. The plight of blind youth in uh, in Zimbabwe and Africa in general is that of being left behind in, in terms of uh, programs for the youth. And that makes them dependent or that makes them uh, excluded from the society, and making them people who become beggars or objects of charity because... They won't be included in developmental or educational or any employment programs for all people. It is believed that, you know, uh, blind people or people with disabilities in general cannot do anything at all. So it makes it very difficult for them to be I- included in, in the society and for them to see themselves as part and parcel of Africa, which is it's really a, a drawback for the development because they become a burden again to the same society which is excluding them.
1: Yeah, and that's really, really sad. Will you mind telling us about your experience being a person with disability in Zimbabwe? How is life there? Are your rights and the rights of disabled persons respected?
0: The rights of persons with disabilities are not respected here in Zimbabwe because they are not even included in the constitution they are not fully in- included in the constitution which makes them to be left behind again so as a person with with a disability here in in Zimbabwe my life has been in a little bit difficult because I, I i have to find my own way without government assistance so that makes it difficult to to rise up Especially because even the families of persons with disabilities find it difficult to empower their children. You know, uh, schools where blind people are educated are very expensive and they are few. So, if in that, in that regard, it makes it difficult for, for people of blind parents or of people, persons with disabilities to really educate their children, because the, 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 since those schools are expensive, government programs only target schools which are cheaper. So it, it becomes quite difficult, at least uh, some churches and uh, uh, some individuals too cheap in here and there, but it's not always the case.
1: Okay. I see. And how was growing up there?
0: Uh, growing up was really difficult again, because uh, at school, we didn't have Braille textbooks. We had few, very few cassette recorders for recording our notes, so we had to share the little that we had, and uh, that means we had to ask our sighted friends, sisters and brothers to read for us. But at the same time, it was fun, because being different, sometimes you encounter a lot of questions from from (laughs) other sighted people, so really... And I'm happy because my parents were not that short-sighted. They were able to take me out. They encouraged me to go out and go to school.
1: You know, uh, listen and to then- what you were telling before. And I said uh, before that you were at Cantary. And, and in wanted you had this idea. You wanted to uh, to build your gateway to elation, And you wanted this organization to be the social venture to bring knowledge and independence to plan youth. I think between 10 and 35 years in Zimbabwe. How is it going?
0: Well, so far, so far it has been going well. Since 2016, I have trained almost 100 people and I've tried to reach all provinces of Zimbabwe and especially the youth because the youth are the ones who really need to benefit from this training in computer literacy because computers nowadays, even here in Zimbabwe, they are now part and parcel of our daily life. These phones that we use and laptops are now the central part of our lives. That's where the employment is. That's where social things are now. That's where people meet. That's where people interconnect and, and create things, you know. So it has been going well, and I'm happy so far that I've been able to reach almost 100 blind people in and around Zimbabwe. Um, yeah, that sounds and great. of that, really the youth are the majority. But however, I do try to reach out even to older to the elderly blind people as well. So that they can also be part and parcel of, of, of this. So this has been helpful to those who are at work because blind people had been stagnant at work. They couldn't be promoted because they were thought to be Unable to use technology.
1: Mm. yeah.
0: It was now an excuse for for employers to say, okay, we cannot employ blind people or we cannot promote them because they cannot use technology. But then we proved them wrong and the experiment has been working well so far. (laughs) And in schools, we have uh, encouraged teachers to train blind people on how to use computer literacy. And uh, really Mm. that has been... A great benefit to blind people but at the same time we also train them how to move on their own which is called mobility and Mm -hmm. orientation. This means that they don't stay confined in homes because even if a computer is a very powerful tool nowadays but people still need to go out and see the world I mean there there are lots of things that they can do out there like you know shopping, they can do shopping, they can meet people they can play, they can I mean, just to get fresh air outside, so <laughs> so that's really that's really uh, necessary. Then the third part of uh, my training is on social interaction. You know, most families they hide their blind people in in homes, so th- when they, I mean, when they are supposed to go out, they don't have that connection with the society. They don't have that social aspect. Of life, which is really necessary if you are blind, or even if you are sighted, because yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. you need you need to communicate with the world around you. So that's where social interaction comes in. And so, for blind people, really, these three things, pr- which are being provided by Gateway Relation, have been very successful. Is um, I mean, to all those blind people that I have trained, the impact has been really great because their lives changed
1: yeah that sounds great so i can imagine that the name you choose gateway to elation has a lot to do with door to happiness something like that yes
0: so gateway to elation the focal word here is elation so elation means someone who is filled with the spirit of joy pride and optimism so it's like a gateway to happiness it's like a gateway to opportunities which really wasn't there for most blind people here in zimbabwe and so this door takes them to the world of i mean unlimited explorations and experiments because with a computer really you can do a lot with the mobility itself and social interaction a blind person can Achieve a lot because they'll be complete and they'll be part and parcel of the community, which is really important. Because if you want to be to take part in communal developments or social events, you need to be seen and heard. So yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, that's if you go to your website, you see your your mission is like to see a Zimbabwe which has knowledgeable, independent, and socially active blind people.
0: Definitely, because knowledge. You know, is is one of the things which makes the world go round. I think more I, from, in my opinion, I think knowledge is really more expensive than money because knowledge, you know, makes someone know a lot of things and be part of a society. Mm. Then independence and uh, means that you really don't rely much on people. As a blind person, they yeah. can do. A lot on their own.
1: That's actually, I mean, if you if you have a look at at the at our cultural and colonial history, the the people were colonizing. Uh, they tried to to make the people or the colonized not to give them access to education because if they keep like this person without knowledge, they can do whatever they want.
0: Yes, yes, you can exploit. I think it's the same with that. With blind people, if they don't have the knowledge, they can be exploited. For example, they can be used for begging and other, I mean, really bad stuff. So if they have the knowledge, they know their rights and they can also know their abilities. What can they achieve? They can also know their achievements.
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely so. Robert, you are offering a different approach which makes blind people participate fully in the society. It is not training, you said, it's a path to elation. What makes this approach, this your approach so different? Thank you so much for this very important question. You know the it's
0: different in the sense that I give them basic training and then give them time to explore. And that the exploration phase is part of the training, because I I assess the length to which someone would have gone in the exploring of the computer, in the exploring of how to navigate on their own, and and any discoveries that they would have come across. So it's like a path. I just put you in a path, in a good path, then Mm. you are supposed to find your way as a blind person. And for me, I think this really has been effective, because you know in school we learn so that we can write exams and pass yeah. then we we get we get a certificate then we are done for us as of now we don't have, we don't give people certificates first of all because if if you, if you promise someone a certificate they will uh, really be serious but then we want people to explore to to yeah. To to put this into their hearts, so that they can push it and learn uh, and experiment and discover these three things: computers, mobility, and social interaction.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's great. I have the feeling you are a really positive guy. Like, I mean, if, if I listen to you talking, and I have a really positive vibe uh, coming. Uh, through the microphone and through the headphones. <laughs> thank thank um, you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I can also imagine that there are there have been a lot of challenges you have faced at Gateway to Elation. What are the the biggest challenges you had, and and how you have overcome them? Well, the
0: first one is uh, stakeholders, which is parents and guardians of uh, blind people. They don't see at the beginning. It's very it's very difficult to convince them to release their child because their child or relative because uh, in most cases culturally it is thought that blind people cannot be left on their own or so if some a blind person comes to knock and say hey i want to train your blind person you know mm. even from the bible it is said that uh, jesus said the blind cannot lead the blind so if a blind person comes then and says i, I want to train i want to lead your blind Relative. It becomes weird, it becomes, you know, unthinkable, but then it takes some convincing uh, to, to the parents and guardians of, of, of these people. So I've been trying to do <laughs> some communication skills and convincing skills, motivation skills, <laughs> so that I motivate them to release the, uh, the person to me, to us as gateway relations, <laughs> because I usually call them alone so that I can prove to them that this is doable. Yeah, so the second thing, you know, running of an organization in a country like Zimbabwe is difficult sometimes, Mm -hmm. in most cases, and sometimes to get funding. So, because we do these things for free, Mm -hmm. so we, we then require equipment, we then require the transport allowances for them so that they can be able to go back home and back to our training program. Yeah, uh, because you know, we disability and poverty are interlinked. I don't know whether it's poverty yeah, yeah. and disability. Mm. So there are two things which I don't know. I haven't understood so far whether mm. disability causes poverty or poverty causes disability. Yeah. So okay. here in, in the developing countries, it's, it's 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 really difficult to to proceed. And uh, well, the third challenge which I had never anticipated is. Uh, COVID nineteen because we had a lot of projects in twenty twenty. But then all of them, you know, we had lots of hard lockdowns here. So it was difficult to fundraise locally, it was difficult to do any projects, and it's difficult to fundraise if you don't do any projects. So we had no projects last year. So really we are we I was taken back.
1: Mm. Yeah, I imagine. I mean, now that you you say the word COVID, uh, I think as a blind person, touching is another way of connecting and orienting with the environment and also to communicate, to get a first impression of others. How are you holding up to this this crisis? Uh, Have you found a way to support the blind in your community?
0: Yes. uh, First of all, I support them with information. We We go back to the issue of knowledge because they need information. Some people... With this social media, there was lots of uh, conspiracy around sanitizers and so on. So Mm. I had to give them... We had to share. Actually, we share with these blind beneficiaries. We share what they know and what I know and what we know as gateway to relation. Then we come up with something realistic. So they had to have information regarding the COVID-19 itself and they mm. to know the truth that blind people you know connect with the environment through touching there is no other way yeah. there is really no other way so safety comes first then people need to sanitize as much as possible you know we have a problem of water here in zimbabwe so mm. sanitizing was the most important so that's the support that I did, and I also, with the little funds that we have as Gateway Relation, I also provide data for beneficiaries so that they can get information online on the okay. internet.
1: Okay. So, you, so you have a, like a website where the people can go on and have a look, or how does it work?
0: Okay. So <laughs> our most popular social media site here in Zimbabwe is WhatsApp. <laughs> so through WhatsApp we have been able to get information because whatsapp is the most is the cheapest if i were to say in mm. terms of data so we used whatsapp we have a whatsapp group well for me i do have access to the internet so i would post some relevant articles on covid-19 and on safety for them uh, so so that they can read
1: okay okay yeah that sounds sounds awesome it's, i mean at least you have a, you have found a way to to support so going back to the to this joy and happiness, how comes? I mean, it's like if you have a look to your background, you can you, you will you will say like it was difficult growing up, and you are living in a society where where being a blind person is like is like a, a huge problem. But still, you are, I mean, you have the feeling you are laughing, you are you are happy, you are you have this joyness. How comes?
0: Well, this positivity comes from a long way, I must say. From the fact that my parents, they just let me loose. They just let me out. They just let me play with other children. They didn't Mm. cage me at a home or or something. Uh, So this really made me strong because you would get hard questions like, what happens if you are hit by a car? But then it doesn't happen because children take care of each other. Mm. That's where I learned that people learn, learn to take care of each other from a very young age. And at school, I really, the fact that I could manage to talk to someone and say, hey, can you please read for me this textbook? Some people were motivated because they thought that blind people are intelligent. But then, I don't know if blind people are intelligent or not, but they would read something for me once, then I would remember it and write mm. it in, a, in exam. So they would think blind people are intelligent. But I think we, we just develop that skill of of, of uh, keeping things in our mind.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because if you know that you, you cannot read this and you only have one opportunity, then you would really get that skill. So this motivation also comes from Kantari as well because being at Kantari, I learned a lot of uh, things and in li- life, in general, and how to look at life, because at, at Kantari I met lots of people from different backgrounds. Really, I I also was motivated that there are problems all around the world that need to be solved.
1: Yeah, yeah that's indeed like Kantari is a really nice place also to 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 get to know other communities, other people, other thoughts to interact. Yeah, to 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 get to realize that is people out there who are not like me or actually people like me but, you know, this, with differences and that's uh, yes, a really important thing. that's true. So, how do you manage to get the blind youth out of isolation?
0: That's a very difficult thing to do really because even themselves, they don't believe. If you grow up being confined to one space and someone comes and tells you that you can really go out of the world and be yourself, it's, it takes some convincing, some hard convincing, and especially if, if they understand that you are also blind. then you know Because people mm. we, we, blind people have been told that sighted people are the ones who can lead them around, yeah. show them around, and so on. But then there's this guy called Robert who comes and says, I'm blind, but I can teach you something. it becomes (laughs) funny you know so it takes some convincing to them and now that we have a community of blind people i also now work with them to motivate others because once someone comes through this program of gateway relation we empower blind people to be motivated most importantly so we then work with them to motivate other blind people who are not yet uh, motivated, who are still believing that they cannot do this or that.
1: You said you said you have helped around a hundred people. How how can I picture the uh, the work you are doing? It's like it's this like like this kind of, of of place where you go once a week and and you get talks and you do your things.
0: Okay, it begins with uh, computer uh, with training in computers and mobility. You know, white canes and basic stuff. Then from there, I leave them to to practice. Maybe it takes about one week or two for me to really uh, train these people. Then secondly, I then take them out. We then go out for walks. Uh, we also go out for walks. We take a full week where we go out for walks as blind people. And then from there, I leave them to explore again. So it's like I go to places I go to universities. I also go to workplaces as well. So I go to provinces of all Zimbabwe and find places, suitable places where I can train blind people, suitable and safe places where I can then be able to, ta- to train these blind people. So, so far, I've covered about 60% of Zimbabwe, which is... Uh,
1: That's amazing.
0: <laughs> uh, well, you <laughs> we should do it higher. Because uh, we have been, I have been operating since 2016. It's almost five years now. Okay. So, yeah. but but there is a lot to push, because uh, even if these blind people are trained, we also need laws. Parliament needs to pass laws also mm. to support the lives of blind people and all disabled people in Zimbabwe, so that they can take the government to account as well, because we are part of the government, we are part of the citizenry of Zimbabwe, so we need laws that will support the lives of uh, disabled people. So now that that politics is a game of numbers, the more blind people go out, I'm sure the more the parliamentarians and politicians will recognize them.
1: Yeah, of course, it's important that the parliamentarians and the politicians recognize them, but I also think that the society has a lot to say, and if the society does is not open to to blind people, it's it's going to be difficult. So the question here is, uh, how can we achieve a mindset change in the majority society, including blind people seeing your abilities, rather than categorizing you as a blind person like an object of charity, which you mentioned before? For well,
0: yeah, first of all, you know... It all begins, they say charity begins at home. So our home is our home, our family home, our community home, our society home. So it's also, you know, when people learn that a blind person can be a teacher, a blind person can be a musician, a blind person can be a father, for instance, a blind person can be a mother. The community will then learn that blind people are people. I mean, there are people first before they are blind, Mm -hmm. first of all. So they need to see the person before the disability. That's what we always strive for. That's what we we always work towards. But then for that to happen, they need to see the people out there. They need to Mm -hmm. see the people in churches, in parks, in shops. You know, it's mysterious if you see a blind person once a year. Can you imagine seeing a blind person maybe once in five years? You will have so many questions about them. How do they live? How do they. But if you see them every day, if you see them everywhere,
1: it becomes normal.
0: Yeah, it becomes normal that, okay, okay, so that one is a person. He's a person before a disability. And every person has got a weakness. You will see the blindness as a weakness because every person has a weakness. Yeah, Mm. so really they need to be out there. So with these 100 people that we have, I encourage them to go out, even if they don't have anything to do out there, <laughs> just for them to take a walk so that people see you there out there, know that, okay, if they have a question, answer them yeah. politely so that they can learn about blind people because people have got lots of questions about blind people.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That's the point. That's the point. So how do you imagine you could be part of democratic processes? Yeah.
0: The that one is a very sad one. It's a very sad one, really, because blind people cannot vote. It's difficult for us to vote uh, because we don't have the equip- They don't have the equipment. So we 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 in 2017 or 2016 we fought around that, and uh, we some of my brothers there in in the capital city went to to the court. They took the government to court because the government was saying a blind person should be assisted by someone who is in the polling office or like those polling booths where votes are being cast. Totally so the high undemocratic.
1: Court, yes. <laughs> so the
0: the, the the government the court then ruled in our in our favor and said that we we should, we should bring someone that we trust. It's still not there, but at least if it's someone that you trust. You can trust them. Mm. But we still want them to put proper equipment that will allow blind people to, to vote on their own.
1: Of course, you have to be part of it. Of course, you, they, yes. they have to be away.
0: Yeah, there is to be away. But then the other thing that they need to have is knowledge again, because we go back to the issue of knowledge. They need to mm. know these things about when are the next elections, when is the MP coming to an area, what is the counsel and so on. So I think it's really important that they have such kind of knowledge.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really important. So since you are saying that it's really important to, to have this knowledge, what advice do you want to give to children who are blind or have a visual impairment? Is there anything you wish someone told you when you were growing up?
0: Yeah, there is a lot. There is a lot really. Like, if I were told, if I was born knowing that, first of all, I was going to be blind, maybe <laughs> that was the first thing to happen. Yeah. But then, secondly, if I were, if I were to grow up knowing how to communicate, because I had to learn these things, how to communicate with, with sighted people. Mm. And secondly, thirdly, if I had learned how to, you know, be myself, For sometimes I would want to please my sighted friends because I'll be thinking that I'll I'll get favours from them. Mm. So if I were were myself, if I learned that if I was supposed to be myself and believe in myself and believe in my dreams, I think really all blind people, that's what children, that's what blind children should learn from an early age, that they are people, first of all, they are Mm. children who are blind. You know, so really, um, I think teachers should encourage blind people to be themselves. They should, you know, remove those talents. They should and unearth those talents from blind people, blind children.
1: That's right. You are doing a really great work, and you were saying before that it's also difficult to get to some means. And is there a way the people that can, people are listening now and can support you somehow?
0: Yes, uh, uh, we don't have a a place so far for for training. We rely on asking for people to uh, lend us their spaces. And sometimes it's difficult, especially after this COVID-19. People are busy at their places trying to catch up. So we need to have a space of our own where we can uh, do our trainings and so on. So I think the first thing that we need is to have a space where Gateway Relation can have an office, can have its own computers. Um, uh, also we need uh, white canes, you know. White mm. canes are a little bit expensive, especially seeing that they are imports. We import these from outside and mm. Yeah, Also, just to spread word around gateway relation is another help. And just to empower blind people wherever we meet them will make the vision of Gateway to Elation really grow internationally. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Really. Um, Robert, coming back to the beginning of this podcast and the day of the African child tomorrow, which kind of society you, want? by saying you, I'm also referring to Gateway to Elation, envisage for children, for the blind children, actually for every blind person in Zimbabwe?
0: Right, first of all, I want those blind people, those blind children, yeah, the blind children to be part of being an African child. I mean, you know, African children, they run around, they play, they experiment. So I want blind children to be part of that so that they can explore their world at a very young age, you know. So I want them to be part of the African child. And I want them to benefit. I want them to benefit from from being an African child. And really, I want them to see themselves as African children. Yeah, because the reason why that day came is because uh, the black children in South Africa were fighting for their rights. I think blind children should also be given their rights, their right to live and right to everything I mean as a child and the right to be protected from any abuse as a blind child. Really I think it's very important that uh, this day of the African child includes blind people and all blind youths in in the programs.
1: So if you will have the chance right now to have a really really huge microphone where you can Say something to everybody like everybody in the African continent and everybody in every other continent in the earth. What will you say to these people who are not blind?
0: Well, I'll tell them that they should first of all give blind children and all blind people the opportunity to live, the opportunity to explore themselves. They should not confine blind people to to spaces or jobs, say, okay, uh, these jobs are good for blind people, or these places are good for blind people. They should just leave them to experiment, especially for children. They should just leave them to explore any subject at school. They shouldn't just say, uh, well, mathematics is not for blind people, or this other subject is too dangerous for, for blind people like sciences. No, they should let them experiment and see the danger if it is there, so that we can then see how we can avoid the danger. But if they want to do those sciences or if they want to do that job, they need to do it. And they should not lock blind people in homes. They should release them with other children, with other people, so that they can play and be happy.
1: Thank you, Robert, for your time. Keep the wonderful work. Thanks a lot. Thank
0: you so much. Thank you so much Uh the Giraffe
1: Podcast and Yambia. Dear listeners, Robert Malunda is opening a gateway to the world for the blind with his organization, Gateway to Elation. He does this by providing training in computer literacy, daily living skills, which includes mobility and orientation, as well as social interaction. If you'd like to support Robert or to know more about his experience, have a look at gatewaytoelation.org. And please, Tell us about your frontline hero. If there is a friend, a family member, an organization or someone you know who is doing great work in the community, nominate them as a Giraffe Hero or tell us about them. Come and visit us at giraffe-heroes.eu. You'll find the stories of the Cantari alumni and the Giraffe Heroes, the stories of people sticking the necks out every Tuesday on Spotify, iTunes, our homepage and every other place where you get your podcast. And if you subscribe, you don't have to look out for us. We'll be coming to you. My name is Jean-Pierre Ayer and I hope you also join us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. But more importantly, I hope you join us again next week. Stick your neck out.
0: The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation.